Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, the 27th of uh, November in the year 2005, and we are in the Loving Kindness Temple, New Hamlet. Last week we spoke about um, biological evolution, and we have mentioned uh, control evolution. We know that uh, in order to survive, Uh, species uh, have have uh, to be to be strong in their competition, and uh, by striving like that, they get um, they have the opportunity to um, to uh, to defend themselves, to survive, and to uh, to. Uh, to go uh, into the future. Uh, natural selection is uh, the term that uh, people use. But uh, looking deeply into the matter, we see that sensual uh, uh, pleasures uh, play a very important role in, in that. We all know that sensual pleasures are very fleeting. They do not last. And uh, And they create a lot of uh, suffering at the same time. The question we would like to uh, pose, to ask, uh, is uh, do we want uh, survival or do we, do we want uh, happiness? And uh, the second question is that uh, happiness and survival, uh, can these two things go together? Because uh, while striving to survive, we have to destroy, to kill, 
and the motivation, uh, deep motivation inside. is uh, not only to survive, but uh, to have uh, pleasure. And looking deeply into uh, the present situation, we can see that very, very clearly. People are killing each other. And uh, many uh, believe that the others uh, are the obstacles on their way to survival and to enjoy uh, sensual pleasures. On one hand, we try to fight in order to survive. And on the other hand, we try our best in order to get the pleasure, the sensual pleasures. And both kind of action are bringing a lot of suffering to us and to, uh, to our victims. And you can see that uh, the one uh, who have to perish in the struggle, of course, they suffer. But the one who, who wins, also suffer. And that habit, that, that seat, uh, is uh, so deep uh, in us, the drive in order to survive, the drive in order to get uh, as much uh, sensual pleasure as possible. And when we look into the teaching of the Buddha, You can see a way out. The Buddha speak about does not speak, the Buddha does not speak about survival. Does not seek, uh, does does not uh, encourage us in on the path of seeking uh, sensual pleasure. And his message is uh, center on how to uh, cope with our suffering, how to, uh, how to transform our suffering. When we, uh, when we, when we get angry, we suffer. And we make the people around us suffer. And the Buddha would like us to learn how to recognize 
that suffering caused by anger, uh, by anger, and by the kind of uh, action that is um, the result of anger. And the Buddha encourages uh, to look deeply into anger as the cause of suffering and find ways to transform that anger into something else like um, compassion, loving kindness. Because uh, why anger makes us suffer and make people around suffer, uh, understanding and compassion bring relief. And he also advised us to look, uh, to recognize our, uh, our fear, out of fear. Because fear also brings a lot of suffering. And out of fear, we can act in a very destructive way. We try to kill them before they have a chance to kill us. And we cannot sleep well, always afraid. The terrorists are everywhere. And we can die at any moment. So uh, we are urged by our fear to do something to kill the terrorists before they can kill us. And by the, uh, in the process of trying to kill and to get safety, we kill so many innocent people. And the Buddha advised us to look deeply into the nature of our fear and to see whether there is a way to transform our fear into understanding and compassion. Because uh, understanding and compassion will help us and help people around us. He he, he, uh, advised us to look at our Delusion. We are confused. Our confusion. We are confused. We don't know where to go, what to do. We don't have a path. We are lost. And confusion. Confusion lets us to be angry, to be fearful, 
to be desperate and caught in the state of being uh, angry, desperate, desperated, fearful, uh, we can uh, destroy ourselves. We can uh, destroy our health and we can cause a lot of suffering to many other people, confusion. And then the Buddha also advised us to, uh, to look uh, at our uh, craving, the nature of our craving. Because the craving also uh, push us, pushes us in the direction of uh, wrong action. And uh, when craving is there, um, overwhelming us, we don't have peace, we don't have happiness. And these things are are described uh, in the Buddhist teaching as poisons. Poisons. And when we get the poison in us, we suffer and we make other people suffer. Already having poisons in us, we continue to get more poison from the outside, from the environment. We get more fear, more anger, more confusion, more craving. And that makes the situation more and more difficult. Looking deeply, we can see that uh, in terms of survival, only just uh, in terms of survival, the practice to help us uh, transform our anger, our fear, our confusion, and our craving Help us to suffer less. Help us to bring. Uh, help us to heal. Help us to have uh, a better health for ourselves, and also help us to 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 change the environment. And with that, uh, the chance to survive is better. Now looking in the situation of the world, we see that how much uh, confusion and fear and anger destroy us and destroy the people around us.
and that goes in the line of uh, evolution, evolution for to think. Uh, uh, evolution is for survival, but it is not. Uh, it is creating a lot of suffering, and survival uh, cannot be something very sure. Because if we continue like that, uh, no one will survive in the future. And that is why we have to bring in the dimension of uh, spiritual evolution, control, control evolution. And we will understand the word survival uh, with another way, in another way, with another meaning. Now those of us who have uh, uh, a serious uh, illness, and the doctor said that um, we cannot live very long, we will die after a year or two or in six months. And because of that we have a lot of fear, we have a lot of despair and anger also. And that fear, that anger, that despair uh, will make the situation worse. But when we bring in the teaching and the practice of the Buddha, we can change the situation. Because the teaching and the practice can help us deal with the anger, the fear, and the despair. And we learn how to live peacefully and happily, even if we accept that our life will, uh, the, the time left for, for us to live is uh, shorter than than for other people. And when you have learned to live peacefully, uh, deeply enjoying every moment of your day, daily life, you learn how to smile, how to relax, how to nourish yourself with uh, fresh, refreshing and healing elements of life. And then these poisons do not harm you anymore. And many of us, thanks to that practice, uh, have been able to live uh, much, much longer than uh, predicted. There was a young man in Canada, and his doctor told him that uh, he, he had only three months to survive, to, to live. He was sitting next to me uh, in tea tea meditation and he told us uh, about his situation and I said, it's okay, Uh, it may be true that you will die in three months, but 
but are you capable of drinking uh, this cup of tea with me in peace? I challenge him. Because this moment is a very wonderful moment. You are surrounded by friends. Today is a beautiful day, and you have tea. Are you capable of uh, enjoying your tea and the presence of the people sitting around you? What is the use of having 100 years to live if you are are not capable of drinking your tea with peace? He was challenged. And tried to drink his his tea. And after that, he he received the teaching as how to enjoy walking, sitting, drinking tea, breathing. He took the 14 precepts and got the name, the Dhamma name, uh, True Birth, True Birth, True Birth or True Life, Tension. And uh, he was able to leave uh, uh, 11 years after that. So that is also survival. But survival not by killing, by destroying the people around, species around, but by bringing in the practice of uh, transformation and healing. When we practice uh, the purification of ourselves, we neutralize uh, these poisons. We purify not only our mind, our consciousness, but we also purify our body. We purify every cell of our body. We purify our brain because our body is capable of uh, transformation also. When you are trained in the discipline of meditation, if you enjoy the practice, the practice brings you uh, healing, joy, that will help transform your body. And including your brain.
and you learn a new way of dealing with uh, events, with what happened in your daily life. There is a pattern of uh, behavior that you have followed for a long time. And that pattern of behavior has brought you a lot of uh, suffering, anger, fear, craving. With the practice, you are able to create new patterns of behavior. And if you continue uh, to train yourself like that, at the metal, metabolic level of uh, your body, there will be transformation also. And your body begins to, uh, to react uh, differently because you have been able to to create new patterns of behavior. In Plumblish, whenever you hear the bell, you naturally stop thinking, speaking, and you go back to your uh, to your breath. You enjoy breathing in, coming, breathing out, smiling. And if you are, you stay long enough in Plumlish, you don't need to make any effort. You don't make any effort at all. When you hear the bell, suddenly your body and your mind react beautifully. Stop the thinking. Stop by itself, the talking stop by itself, and the breathing in and out uh, uh, take place naturally like that. You enjoy. So it is possible to replace the old patterns of uh, behavior by new patterns of behavior. And that is not only in your mind, but in your body. People speak of the plasticity of uh, the brain. Your brain also changed. The scientists today uh, all agree that uh, uh, the plasticity of our brain is uh, something real. This brings you relaxation, joy. And your practice influences uh, the, your environment. 
your children. And we know that uh, it is possible for us to transmit our culture, our joy, our experience to our children, to the next generation. We don't have to do it uh, genetically, and yet we are able to transmit uh, all, all the things we have acquired with the practice. There's two ways of transmission. The first is the genetical. The second is uh, control. It's a fact, it is a fact that uh, my students, my disciples, have got uh, trans- transmission from me. When we look at them, we see that, trans- that transmission. When you look the way they walk, they sit, they smile, they react. You can see the transmission, and it is not by the genetical way. It's not. It's not easy to survive a environment like ours. Very difficult. We can get insane very easily living in this environment. We can get despair easily. And many young people commit suicide every day. That's not surviving. <coughs> so it's time we have to it's time when we have to speak of uh, cultural evolution, spiritual evolution. We have to bring that dimension into our life. It's clear that uh, if we are to survive as a species or not, it depends on whether we succeed in bringing in this uh, dimension of evolution, (coughs) spiritual dimension, cultural dimension. And And this kind of uh, evolution can be realized uh, at the same time everywhere because uh, we are getting closer and closer to each each other by many new techniques of uh, communication. And the people in the world will be able to profit from our own evolution, our own practice.
that those of us who still follow the path of seeking sensual pleasure, trying to survive uh, by with uh, violent struggles, but there are those of us who realize that that path is not truly the path of survival. That's not truly the path of happiness. And that is why we want to bring in our life the spiritual dimension, the uh, control dimension. This Dhamma talk uh, will be listened to by our brothers and sisters in Vietnam in a few hours. So whatever insight, whatever practice we propose can be shared with many people on earth at the same time. When we sit down and listen to a Dharma talk, you you don't just want to hear nice words. You want the Dharma talk to to touch off the good things within yourself. You have the seed of understanding, awakening, compassion, hope in you. The Dharma talk should be able to water the seeds of happiness, of hope, of understanding and compassion in you. And that is already a transformation. It's not the Dharma talk is not like a um, a film, uh, a story for entertainment, it should be able to to do you, to to help you, to uh, bring out the good things that are already in you. And a dharma talk should also help you to uh, to practice. so that you truly have uh, the tool to deal with your anger, to deal with your despair, to deal with uh, your craving and your confusion. When you are offered the teaching of uh, walking meditation, You know that uh, walking mindfully can bring you relaxation, peace, happiness, life. The one who gave you, who offered you uh, instructions on how to enjoy walking that person should be able 
to walk beautifully and to enjoy his or her uh, steps. And she or he should speak from his own experience. How to touch the earth, how to touch uh, the wonders of life with every step, how to touch the ultimate dimension with every step. And after that, you begin to try. You begin to do walking. You may have the chance to succeed right away. In the first try. And get the pleasure of walking. When you walk like that, you follow your breath. You concentrate on your breath and your steps, and you get concentration. You are aware that you are touching the earth with your feet. Mindfulness. And if you are capable of uh, releasing your projects, your worries about the future, and then you are capable of experiencing joy during walking. And that joy, that peace, is uh, are helping you to, uh, to heal. And practicing in the context of uh, Sangha, you see that around there are people who are capable of walking like that. So basing on your observation and basing your own on your own experience, you practice. And you know that you have been able to make serene, peaceful, solid steps that can bring you happiness. And that is why you trust the practice. And when you are able to, to master the practice of walking meditation for your own uh, transformation and healing and happiness, you are capable to continue the practice, whether, pe- whether the people around you practice or not. And you become uh, a support for them when you walk with uh, happiness with joy, you become a positive element for supporting the practice of others. When you listen to the bell, you are capable of uh, Stopping, stopping thinking about the past, the future, uh, and your projects. You are capable of uh, going back to your breath 
and enjoy breathing in and breathing out deeply. This is a, a matter of enjoyment. If you suffer while breathing in and out, your practice is not good, is not correct. And you know already that every time there is a sound of the bell, you have an opportunity to just stop and breathe in and enjoy your breathing in and out. And if you are used to the practice, you continue to enjoy the practice of mindful breathing, whether the people, whether the people around you practice or not. You cannot say that because they don't practice. That is why I cannot practice. The Buddha said, when you get angry, go go back to your breathing. Breathing in, I know I'm angry. Breathing out, I know anger is not good for my health and for the health of the world. That is a bell of mindfulness. You know that. You agree with the Buddha. And the Buddha expects you to do better than that also. Recognize the fact that anger is not good for your health. And he also offers you tools in order to transform your anger. When you get angry, your anger is supported by many things within you. All experiences of anger, the face of the person who were not kind to you reappear in yourself. And that, if that image uh, manifests, it supports your anger. You get more, more angry. And you remember what he said or she said. You get angry. So many things in you uh, that you still keep and have not been able to transform, uh, come up and support your anger. And suddenly your anger falls like a cascade, very strong, and you become the victim of your anger. And your body also go along with that. The beating of your heart, uh, the chemical in you uh, are triggered in order to go with that anger. So, breathing in, I know that I am angry. Breathing out, I know anger is not good for my health and for the world and for the community. This is the first step. The second step 
it is to visualize, visualize the outcome of anger. You have to visualize how, how anger destroys your health and destroys your community, destroy the world. You can see. And in yourself, in your store consciousness, you have these images. You have seen anger destroying families, couples, and others. You see the suffering. And if you are able to bring these images back, your anger will stop. Visualization. In dealing with your anger, you should know what tools to make use, what images, what sound to make use. They are all there inside of you and around you. Suppose you know someone who is capable of uh, smiling during a difficult situation. And his or her image is you. And if you are able to Think of him, think of her, and seeing his or her smile uh, in a provoking situation, that image will help. And you want to be like him, be like her, uh, sitting solidly as a rock, and not uh, allow anger to carry you away. The Buddha said that the person who is angry, who are trying to do harm to you, to provoke you, that person may be suffering a lot. And if you know, if you know that, instead of being becoming angry at him or her, you can you can look at him, look look at her, and think of him and think of her with compassion. And this is possible. In the 70s, one day I got very angry because I received a letter from a from a refugee camp in Thailand. That 11-year-old girl, after uh, was raped by separate. And uh, his father tried to uh, intervene to protect him, and then the separator threw him into the ocean. And uh, during the 70s, uh, news like that uh, come every day. We were trying to help uh, both people. Many of them stay in refugee camps in Thailand, in Malaysia, and in Indonesia.
you get angry at the separate who threw the who who who, who uh, rape the eleven year old and after 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 being raped uh, after having seen his father, her father uh, drown and she also jumped into the ocean to get drowned. You get angry at the at the pirate. You get angry to the point that you cannot eat. And you know that you have to to do something in order to transform your anger. Otherwise, you cannot eat, you cannot sleep, you cannot continue to help people. So I went uh, for walking meditation to calm to calm myself down. And that uh, night uh, during city meditation, I saw, I saw the pirate. And that is uh, the practice of uh, visualization. If you are born in a very poor fishing family, if your father uh, has not had any chance to to go to school, your mother also, and then you, you have been poor for many generations, and you have never got a chance to get out of that uh, uh, chronic uh, situation of chronic poverty. And when you are 13, your father asks you to go with him to the sea, and you have to do very hard work. And yet, uh, when your father dies, you continue his uh, career as a fish fisherman. But you cannot do better than him. You're still in chronic poverty. And one day, another fisherman said, well, the boat people, when they flee the country, they always bring with them some valuable gold and diamonds and things like that. Because uh, they left the country and they want to start a new life uh, in another country. So if we go out, that's one way, one time we can get enough in order to, to get out of this chronic um, situation of chronic poverty. And many, many young men became pirates because of that. Uh, in the high sea, there was no policeman. And you see uh, young girls, and uh, you know that you will not be punished. So the young fishermen uh, just did like other, other fishermen. They rope, they rape. If you are on a boat, what can you do? If you try to intervene, they will throw you into the ocean. And if you have a gun, what would you do? 
of course, you should separate. That separate might be just 21 years old or 22. And I saw that in my meditation. Suppose I was born in the coast, in a, in a, along the coastline of Thailand 24 years ago, into a family like his. My father was very poor, my mother did not have any education. I was raised like that. No one, uh, I did not go to, I have not. I have no chance to go to school. I became a poor, young poor fisherman. Nobody has uh, taught me to love, to be responsible. Nobody has helped me to get out of my uh, situation of chronic poverty. And uh, another fisherman came to me and persuaded me to go out in order to to meet the boat people in order to take the gold, to take the diamonds. And there I went. And I, I would have uh, done exactly the, what the young poet have done, because uh, I have had not, no education. I did not know how to love, to be responsible, so I did exactly what he did. And if you shoot me, I die. I simply die because no one has helped me in my 21 year of life. So when I meditated uh, at that point, I identified myself with the poor uh, uh, fisherman. I saw him as a victim of society. It's really no one has tried to help him, his family. No one has tried to educate him, to teach him how to be responsible, to love. And when I saw that, my anger just evaporated. And suddenly I have a lot of compassion directed to the fishman, to the sea pirate. Meditation is that, is like that. Meditation is to use the image of reality in order to help you to be awake, to be reasonable. You should know that anger is not good to, to your health and you are not good to the health of the people around you and the society, but that is not enough. That is the first bell of mindfulness. And you have to practice. You have to know how to practice, to make use of the teaching, the images, the insight, the experience you have got in order to, to embrace that anger and transform it.
in our body there are uh, lymphocytes the immune system every time there is uh, a foreign body penetrating into our uh, system uh, they come they rush they come and they just uh, embrace and digest that uh, foreign body and transform it into protein and, and other things We should have a spiritual immune system in us. We should have a macrophage. Leukocyte. We should be able to use them in order to protect us. Every time anger or fear manifests, we should call on these uh, elements to come to surround, to embrace that, not to let it uh, do harm to our life, to our body, to our mind. The practice is very much the same as the practice of the immune system. We know that this is a poison. And if we do not take care of the poison, if we, don't, we are not careful, we will let the poison destroy us. And the Buddha spoke about poisons, confusion, anger, craving, and so on. The Dhamma talk is not something nice to hear, to listen to. The Dhamma talk should be, should offer methods of practice so that when you are in a difficult situation, when you are caught by anger, by fear, by craving, you know how to, how to deal with these uh, mental formations. By observing, we know craving can bring a lot of suffering. By thinking back, of our previous experiences, we know that craving has brought us a lot of suffering. So when craving is there, we have to visualize. We have to think about the effect of craving. Before saying something, before doing something, you have to think of the of the effect that uh, that our act or our speech will bring about. And if we can see very clearly, we'll be able to stop saying that or doing that. And this is a matter of uh, training.
we have failed before. After having said that, after having done, done that, we suffer and make, we make the other person a person suffer. And yet, when the situation presents itself again, similar to that, our pattern of behavior pushes us to do the same, to say the same thing, to do the same kind of act. And we create destruction again and again. And again and again, we feel sorry because that is a pattern of behavior that is deeply entrenched in us. Now, as we have got the teaching and the instrument, we have to create new patterns of behavior. Every time craving arises, we have to recognize that it is craving. Craving is dangerous. It's not good to our health and the health of the other people. And we have to to look deeply to see the outcome of craving so that we will not say, we will not do, we stop thinking about that. In Plum Village, uh, we have offered uh, the three sentences um, to deal with anger. Uh, every time anger arises, uh, uh, we should not uh, say anything, do anything. We should go home to our mindful breathing. We should uh, look deeply in order to see uh, which is uh, what is, what is the real cause of our misery or our suffering? Does it come from the other person? I come, it has come from within us. And the three sentences, uh, uh, we learn by heart, or we write it down on a piece of paper. The first one is, um, I suffer, I am angry, I suffer, I want you to know it. The second sentence is, uh, I am practicing, I am doing my best to practice, to deal, to, to take care of my anger. And the third sentence is, uh, please help me. And because we are not... Uh, because it has not um, become a habit, a good habit. That is why we have to write it down, write these sentences down on a piece of paper and put it into our wallet. <laughs> Every time we get angry at him or at her, we take it out and we read the three sentences and we remember right away what we should do and what we should not do. So that piece, little piece of paper in the wallet is a kind of reminder, is a kind of bell of mindfulness. It's like um, it's, uh, 
uh, it's like a pillow uh, that helps us to float uh, on the water. And then the other person in the family and in the community is also uh, a help. When you see him, you see her, you remember the practice. Otherwise, you become uh, the victim of your, of your, your habit, your pattern of behavior. And with the, pra- with the help of uh, another practitioner, with the help of Sangha, uh, with the teaching, you can begin to uh, create a new, a new habit to deal with anger. And you might succeed right away um, in the first uh, try. Or if you have not succeeded, and then you try again. And you continue until it becomes a habit, like the habit of walking, mindfully the habit of uh, listening to the bell, the habit of eating mindfully and slowly. Uh, For many of us, uh, these practices have already become the habit. You don't have to, to, to practice. It practices by itself. You don't have to practice. And that is uh, transformation, a culture of uh, transformation, the culture of uh, healing and transformation. When you are able to master the practice, when you are able to to protect yourself and to transform these uh, poisons in you, and then you can help many other people around. You can be a good mother, you can be a good father, you can be a good teacher, you can be a good friend, you can be a good uh, politician. You can be a good businessman. There are people who were forced to go to to a hard-working camp. And uh, they do they do not uh, allow themselves to be crushed by despair, by anger. They embrace the practice. Not only they can survive, but they can heal.
he was a nun who was arrested and put in prison because she was uh, thought to be uh, working against the government. When she was 16, she came to my to the root temple, and I gave her uh, instructions as how to practice. Later on, she went to America and studied um, English uh, literature in the University of Bloomington, Bloomington. Going back to Vietnam, she became a nun very intelligent. And during the first years of the regime, she was suspected as working against the government. She was arrested. And she was able to maintain her practice in jail. She did work in meditation, although the, uh, the, the cell is very small. She works. She does not allow her to become insane. She practices walking and sitting. Because uh, sitting during uh, the day may, may look like a challenge. It may anger the, the, the guards of the prison. So she waits until the light is out in order to sit up. And she was able to maintain her sanity, uh, um, mental health. Uh, she was able to smile to the prison guards. And she was able to help uh, co-prisoners. She taught them about uh, Buddhism, the practice. So in such a situation, you can still Preserve yourself, and you can do something to help others. You don't have a sangha, you don't have a teacher, you don't have a bell, you don't have a cushion, but you can do it. I think that is a civilization, that's a counter, that's, that is spirituality. And that is what we need. If we have a Sangha, there's a good, very big, good fortune. If we have a teacher, we are very lucky. If we receive uh, the teachings in order to be put into practice in our daily life, that is uh, wonderful. When you have a disciple like that, you can learn a lot from your own disciples. There was a young nun of 20. 
She was ordained while I was in Vietnam early this year. Her name, her Dharma name is Mi Nghiêm, adornment with beauty. sisters uh, in the Dharma took very good care of her, all their love. One day I learned that she, her situation is very, very bad. We don't know, they don't know how long, how many days she can survive. So I wrote her a letter. A letter of about um, 12 lines. I said, my child, I uh, send you my energy every day. And uh, other, other, big, other sisters, other big, yeah, big sisters are taking care of you. Uh, I know it's difficult for you that I have gone through difficult time already. And uh, I know that uh, to have taken refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, you are protected by the energy with three jewels. And what happened to you, anything that happened to you, is only for your own good. That's my conviction. Uh, during difficult time I went through, I practice, uh, I practice uh, breathing in and out very slowly, very deeply. I get in touch uh, with the sky, with the trees. I practice smiling because I know that these uh, elements uh, have the power to nourish and to heal. And by child, um, I wish that you would do like 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 your teacher, because I know that you have fully taken refuge in the three gems. You don't have to be afraid. What happened to you will is for only for your good. When she received the letter, she was not really able to read it because her eyes was. But she tried, tried trying to read because she, she, she said, I want to read it with my eyes. Because her sister, Hang Yim, um, um, said, uh, will, will I read it to you? But she wanted to see the handwriting of Thay. I'm glad that the letter arrived uh, on time because during the next two days she practiced like, exactly like um, like uh, suggested in the letter. There is an article written by one of her sisters in the in the 
in the newsletter. And she said that, uh, she remarked that uh, during the two days that follow her reception of the letter, she was very peaceful. She practiced breathing and she, she smiled a lot. She smiled a lot. And I don't know why, how could she do that? She did not uh, express any, uh, any despair, any anger, any, uh, any, uh, any pain. She lies very still and she smiles a lot. She practiced, I know she practiced breathing in and out. And after two days, the situation deteriorated. And the big sister knew what is going to happen. And the sisters came and uh, sit around her to support her in that final moment. What inspire me and what inspire all of you is that uh, she was ordained uh, only, only early this year, 2005. She had only uh, practiced uh, as a monastic, uh, as a novice for a number of months. And yet in her final days, she was able to do that. And she died in peace. Believe me, uh, when you ha- when you have a disciple like that, you feel that you are very lucky. is impermanent. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. Today we have the chance to get in touch with the Dharma. We have to, with all our heart, put it into the practice in order to begin the process of healing and transformation for ourselves, for our community and for the world. 